0: This show was created for you, the broken Catholic who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Ed Rush. Now, let me tell you a story, BC Nation. 950 miles an hour. Now, that's fast. But it's not nearly as fast as Ed Rush flew in his combat career as a decorated F-18 pilot, which included over 50 combat missions and two tours to Iraq. While in the Marines, Ed served as the one, as one of the country's leading instructors on aerial dogfighting and recently worked as a key player in the development of the new F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. After two combat tours to Iraq, Ed left full-time active duty to speak, write, and share a message that will change the world. Ed's clients range from small startups to multi-million dollar, multinational organizations and include CEOs, founders, political leaders, sports teams, national universities, Hollywood stars, and one of the contestants on season one of Donald Trump's The Apprentice. Now, Ed has achieved all of this despite possessing a below average intelligence. Case in point, Ed failed kindergarten. So if that's you, BC Nation, like feel right at home. This is going to be your episode, your show, grab your pen and paper. Ed's going to share not only how he achieved so much in his life, but how is God a part of that or the foundation of all that? Now, Ed's books and expertise have been featured on CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC. To follow Ed, we're going to give you his uh, information at the end of the show. Ed Rush, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Take a minute and uh, just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Joseph, what's up, man? Hey, I've been downstairs
1: in my basement pounding coffee and doing push-ups all morning uh, ready for this interview, dude. But I'm so excited to be here. It's just an honor to be here on the show with you. And I will just tell you, get ready because we're going to put the throttles in afterburner. We're going to get moving fast. And by the time you're done, you're going to have some actionable steps on how to live more, accomplish more, give more, have more fun uh, and all do it, uh, you know, and still make it home for dinner. You just put it that way.
0: Yeah. So we have a need for speed, BC nation. That's what <laughs> we're doing today. We have a need for speed. It must be satisfied. I just watched that movie by the way. So I i, I have to
1: admit, I, I, I've i watched Top Gun maybe 30 times, but I just watched it with my kids. So I have, Joseph, I have four kids, yeah. 16, 14, 13 and three, You got it. Uh, You did the math right on that. Uh, People always ask me, you know, do you know what causes that? I do know what causes that. uh, But I watched that movie Top Gun with my kids the other day. And I have to tell you, it was still as corny as it was the first time I watched it, but still amazingly awesome. None of the flying scenes in that movie are accurate at all. Oh, uh, you're killing it for us. But but I do know that the next Top Gun is coming out. And a lot of those scenes were filmed in in the actual airplane, like Tom Cruise is sitting in the back of an actual Navy airplane. So, Maybe this next
0: one will be a little more accurate in terms of the dog dogfighting uh, skills and that sort of thing. <laughs> Dude, stop judging the movie, man. <laughs> Seriously. Now, I agree with you. Very powerful movie. All right, Ed. Uh, take a minute. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: Yeah, I mean, the first one you you said in the intro, which very uh, few people don't know, I guess at this point, which is that I failed kindergarten, and I the reason I tell that. That story, and I do that from the stage quite a bit when I start my speeches, is because you know, I have a friend of mine named Jonathan Sprinkles, very well-known speaker, who said, you know, the the audience will never hear you until they know you. Uh, and so I like to tell that story because a lot of times when I stand up on stage, people go, Oh, well, this is this fighter pilot guy. He must have never, you know, struggled in life. And I can tell you that for every success I've had, I've had about 10 failures. Uh, for every right move I've made, I've made about 10 mistakes. And interestingly, we were talking about Top Gun and dogfighting. You know, one of the biggest keys in dogfighting isn't doing the right move every single time. It's constantly adjusting off of your bad moves, or for that matter, constantly adjusting off of your opponent's good moves. And so I tell the story about failing kindergarten uh, for a reason, first of all, it's true. Uh, I uh, I literally did kindergarten twice. Um, and, and, and by the way, that's not a hard subject. That's like stacking blocks, you know, uh, not eating glue. Uh, These are not difficult things to master. You know, we're not talking about uh, calculus or algebra or, you know, like engineering degrees. This is a basic level. And in fact, uh, my daughter recently uh, graduated from um, kindergarten and she graduated with honors, by the way. And I don't know, you know, like I was so I was so like pumped up. But at the same time, I'm like, how dumb do you have to be uh, to fail this grade? But the interesting thing is right around second grade. So like two years later, I really hit my stride. I actually started performing really well in school. And then I made my way uh, through, you know, grade school, which by the way was a Catholic grade school. Uh, we were talking mm. about that before we got started. Walter Academy for boys. Mm. Um, I think I still have some of the bruises from Walter Academy for boys. Uh, and then I made the, my nuns. Way college. the nuns with the rulers, man, you know, stop getting
0: it. out of line, Johnny. It was it
1: was the 80s. And so the Catholic school was coming out of that era. Uh, but the older nuns were still, you know, it, it, you can yeah. teach in old nun new tricks no can't teach an old so uh, there was still that corporal like legit like they would they would take that ruler out which which was like you know three feet long i think it and, seemed that um, way it, it, it was <laughs> legit anyway so i hit my stride ended up graduating from college uh, incidentally and then i made my way into the marine corps and ended up as one of the leading instructors for one against one dog fighting all without sort of this this yep. vast intelligence And really what I tell people was one of the biggest things I did back in kindergarten and I still do today was I started looking at around at the people that I considered successful and I started doing the things they did. And then I would also not do the things they wouldn't do. And then I would look at these unsuccessful people and I would not do what they did and then then I would do what they didn't do. And I thought how fascinating, even as a six, seven year old, I started to understand the concept of following Uh, or standing on the shoulders of giants and that simple principle like made all the difference for me in the world you know we live in a culture right now uh, that assumes the majority is always right but what i can tell you is based on experience the majority is always wrong for example most people are out of shape most people have bad relationships most people aren't making the kind of money they they want aren't saving the kind of money they want most people don't live the vibe with the vibrancy that they, they want to live. The fact is the majority is almost always wrong. And the key to success in a lot of ways is finding those 1% people that you look at and you're like, oh my gosh, that's who I would like to be like and begin literally to pattern your life after them. And what ends up happening, the crazy thing that happens is by doing that you end up finding the authentic you. You see, you're hiding all this time. And then all of a sudden you come out and you're the you that you were meant to be like the other day. Uh, Joseph, I took my family, all four kids and my wife, to Disneyland. We actually went for two days and, and walking down Main Street, USA. I don't know if you've ever been to Main Street, USA, but most people have been to Main Street, USA. There's music, there's like the band coming by, there's the, like the little clop, 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 you know, a little horse drawn carriage. My daughter, who's three years old, was literally dancing her way down Main Street, USA. Do you know the kind of courage, the kind of hootzpa it takes to dance? I can't, I didn't like. I'm almost fifty. I didn't. I couldn't do that. Like I couldn't pull that off. But and I, fu- I still do that today. It's crazy. I was looking at her and I thought, what would it be like hmm. to be that free? Yeah. Well, guess what? When you find out who you are—the real you, the authentic you—you you can dance your way down Main Street, USA of life because it's finally the you. And so I always tell that kindergarten story just to show: look, we all have struggles and difficulties and like bumps in the road. Those aren't the things that define you. What defines you? is the success patterns that you learn
0: out of those failures so. I am in agreement 100% and BC <laughs> Nation, I don't know if you feel like I do, but I feel like I'm at a motivational speech here. I'm in the <laughs> audience, I'm in the chair. This guy's just getting me pumped up. I want to go blow something up right now, you know. Now Ed, <laughs> let me ask you this. Like I get to work with a lot of Christian husbands and you specifically yeah dude it's what i it's what i do man i know i blow up rocks right the rocks (laughs) in our heads that are holding us down and that's what you're speaking about right now so my question to you is this right first i want to say you're right most of us we live under a pile of rocks that life and others have thrown on us yeah okay we live under it and we feel pinned down pressed down um enslaved Okay, and we we don't know who we really are because all we see every day is the bottom of the rocks, right? That's it. So I get to help these men blow up the rocks in their life and and find their authentic identity themselves, and then they find peace and purpose, everything we want, etc. My question to you is this: because you shared really the the highlights of your story of. First, you start out, you know, hey, I was behind the other kids in kindergarten, whatever. And then I became like the top guy in the Marines and fighter pilots. (laughs) Like, okay, buddy, like where were the rocks? What rocks in your head, limiting beliefs, lies of the enemy, lies of others, lies you internalized and repeated to yourself that became your internal laws. Tell us about those rocks that you had to blow up and where did you go to blow them up? in order to uh, achieve all the great things that you have done?
1: Yeah, super question. By the way, the answer to this question is like a three-day event. Or or, or or It's like a three-day answer, but I'm going to do it in about three minutes. And the reason I'm going to do it in three minutes, not only because I can, but also because the way to get there is really important. Now, I was talking to my daughter the other day, my 16-year-old daughter, uh, and I was saying, you know, the movies portray life like, there's the hero and then there's a problem and the hero overcomes the problem. And then everything essentially is fine. After that, it's happily ever after I said, you know, I think life is more like a ongoing TV series where basically every day there's a new challenge that you have to overcome. And like at the end of the show, yeah, you overcame the challenge, but you and I both know like the next show's coming tomorrow, you know? Um, And the story, you know, failed kindergarten ended up in the cockpit of the F 18. There's a lot of, white space in the middle there, where there's a lot of bumps and learning and, and a process along the way. And I will tell you that the most difficult lesson for me to learn, uh, and the one, frankly, that I'm still uh, unpeeling the onion, I look at life like a spiraling staircase. You know, you co- go, you cover the same ground, but often from a very different perspective. Uh, and so I'll just give it to you. So I grew up, uh, I grew up literally in a family of champions. So in 1972, when I was born, uh, in fact, in 1972, before I was born, when my mom was pregnant with me, she won a national championship uh, in a small Catholic school in Pennsylvania called Immaculata College, a basketball national championship. And the next uh, next two years, she would go on to win two more national championships when I was one and two years old. Uh, my mom ended up getting inducted into the basketball hall of fame as one of the most famous women's basketball coaches of all time. And that was that was when I was in utero and one and two years old. So I literally was born into one of the most fascinating uh, championship runs ever in the history of sports. In fact, there was a movie made just five years ago about this story. So I was born into massive success all around me that was what i was experiencing as i was growing up
0: so to clarify you had champion uh dna in your blood is that correct it was just it was not only was it in my blood but it was in my environment like everywhere i went
1: it was winning you know now Mm. now bc
0: nation bc nation before you immediately uh disconnect with ed and say well i don't have champion in my blood. I got victim in my blood. I got loser in my bloodline. Um, And my entire environment growing up looked the opposite of Ed's. Before you discount it, hear him out because I, i'm guessing there's some other factors here in the story that he had to overcome so ed please continue so mom yeah, is mean, your question champion. Is about
1: overcoming right so yes it is. so and i said three minutes maybe maybe three minutes and 30 seconds ed you don't All look
0: right. like a three-minute kind of fighter pilot, <laughs> you know, just saying. so
1: so my dad at the same time was a basketball referee in the national basketball association he's refereeing with people like um larry bird and julius Irving, michael jordan and so i'm growing up in this environment where there's just success everywhere now my parents were very good parents so i don't think they actually put this on me i think i put this on them and then i imagine they put this on me but i grew up with a sense that performance was everything in other words when i was doing well i felt like everyone was happy with me and when i wasn't doing well i felt like everyone wasn't happy 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 with me now uh, to be fair, I believe that was an illusion that I was believing at the time. But what I did was I essentially took that same overlay and I simply overlaid that on God, on my relationship with God. And so when I was doing well, I felt like God was so pleased with me, his son. And when I wasn't doing well, I just sort of felt his, his, um, his disdain, you know, mm. looking down upon his son, thinking, oh, he can do so much better than that. And so it was about 10 years ago that I started to begin to have a conversational relationship with God. What I mean by that was I was journaling and I was listening to what he was saying instead of just talking to him. But I was so terrified to do this. When I first got encouraged to do this by a mentor, I was terrified and I didn't tell anyone this. But my what I thought was going to happen was I was going to begin to talk to God and he was going to say to me, I'm so disappointed in you. You could have been so much more than you are right now. Those were the words that I was expecting to hear. Now, just so you know, I've been doing this with God now for 10 years. In fact, I've developed a process for teaching people how to ask God questions about their business and get answers. I have an over 99% success rate. These are thousands of people from all walks of life, all religious backgrounds. In fact, some atheists have used my techniques to actually hear from God. Believe it or not. Okay. Now, I started learning this, and the first thing I heard from God was after about a three or four mile hike, I came back to my car and I heard these very simple words. God just said to me, I had a really good time with you today. Like the same thing that I told my kids last week when we were at Disneyland. It was such a loving, grace-filled thing to say from a God who I thought was so performance oriented. So back to your question, the biggest thing I've had to overcome and still in some ways work through is the idea that God is like so happy when I'm doing well. And the world is so happy when I'm doing well, but so disappointed when I'm not. And, the, and to simply learn to understand how big, wide, deep, long God's love is for us as his sons and daughters. It's unbelievable. So
0: powerful. I also grew up with performance-based religion or faith. And that's how I saw my heavenly father, because unfortunately, my dad as a Marine, kind of that's how I saw my human father, right? It was like he would withdraw his affection when I messed up and I had to grovel and earn my way back, right, for his approval. Now, God bless him. He didn't know what he was doing, that he was impacting my future and my faith like that. He didn't know that. But, you know... (laughs) <laughs> we, we model what's around us, to your point. And I had to go in and blow up all those rocks, right, with God. God does all the demolition. It's awesome. Now, Ed, that's a big rock, performance. Mm-hmm. Performance-based, right, faith and relationship with God. It's a boulder. It's a boulder size. How did you blow it up? How did you get rid of it, like, once and for all? Yeah, I mean, the biggest way
1: that I did it was simply just asking God questions and then taking those, the answers to those questions and like literally internalizing those. So uh, the technique that I use, and I don't have time to teach it. This is one of the things I do when I bring people together at my events, but the techniques, the technique that I do is to find myself in a place where I've got the ability to listen. So I'll just tell you that most people in the world today um, have a very difficult time hearing from God But that's not because God's not speaking. That's simply because we've drowned him out with noise. Uh, I I love reading history. So I'll just tell you like 200 years ago, like if you lived where I live in San Diego, right here, 200 years ago, you would be a farmer. Maybe you would be a fisher man or fisher person. Uh, You would maybe have like a little homestead, but like you'd wake up in the morning when the sun came up, you'd generally go to sleep when the sun came down. You'd listen to nature around you. You'd walk the places that you needed to go or like ride your horse, uh, you certainly wouldn't have access to like 24 seven news that's constantly bombarding you so the first thing in the process that i teach is to find some solitude like turn the phone off like i don't know if you know this but you got like literally you can actually turn it off
0: or at most the very people least, don't
1: know there's a power button on this there's a power on. button you can go to yeah. airplane mode if you want to uh, and by the way i live my life uh at least 50 percent of my life with the airplane mode of my phone off, on Um, I am off my phone quite a bit. So the first thing is to find yourself in a place with some solitude. And the second thing is to simply ask some questions and sit with a journal or with uh, some notes and be ready for the answer to your question, to the questions. I like asking questions like, what lies am I believing about me? What lies am I believing about money? What lies am I believing about my purpose? What lies am I believing about my future? What lies am I believing about uh, my friends? What lies am I believing about my family? Where did I start believing these lies? What's true about me? What's true about my purpose? What's true about my future? Again, I'm moving fairly fast, but these are some of the questions that I'll simply ask. And it would be, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like I just did it the other day. What lies am I believing about you? I'm asking God that question. He said that I'm not gonna come through for you. Because I'm. by the way, I'm in the process of writing a book. Uh, and um, in the most challenging book that I've written, I've written five books. Most of them came out pretty easily. This one I've I've sat on for years and I can't figure out why what lies am I believing about this book? Well, you're believing that I'm not gonna come through for you, whoa, that's crazy, why am I not believing that you're not gonna come through for me? Well, uh, maybe because you know you accomplished the last one based on your own effort and then now I'm trying to teach you to trust me or something like all of a sudden, the walls begin to start coming down simply because you're asking the questions. And I will tell you, one of the most powerful practices I've ever learned is simply the ability to just sit down and ask God questions. Now you may be listening to this thinking, well, yeah, but that's fine for you, Ed, because you know, like you're a Christian and maybe you've like figured out how to do this. I can tell you, I've done this. I already said with thousands of people. One of my favorite stories is a woman walked up to me at my event once with a yellow pad of paper, and she, after doing this exercise that I just kind of walked through the, nuts and the, the, the brief overview of, she brought this little pad and paper to me, and she said, Ed, I have two pages of notes from God and I'm an atheist. How does that work? Okay. This is the exact question. And I said to her, I said, well, Francine, uh, like you're the atheist. Maybe you should explain to me how that works. That's exactly what I said to her. Okay. This woman, check it out. This woman, that was three years ago. This woman, every Friday for three years, spends an hour talking to God every single Friday for one hour. she spent, I said, I said, Francine, you talk to God more than most Christians I know. Okay. Uh, And uh, the crazy thing is the process will work for anyone. Why? Because we're humans. We are coded with a DNA uh, that is designed to be connected to your higher power. And when you do that, unbelievable, the walls begin to fall down, the opportunities start to show up, the thing that you've been praying for for years and years and trying to find out why is never all of a sudden will show up on your doorstep simply because you gave it the time and you gave it the chance.
0: So this sounds very much like our mutual friend Perry Marshall and you know his memos from the head office. Is this pretty much similar in Sozo sessions and all that? Because I've had Perry on the show, right? And we've spoken about this. And the way you explained listening to God is almost like verbatim, the process. Is it one in the same or is it different?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. All right. So first of all, Perry and I have both been through the sessions called Sozo. I've actually gone backwards and and learned where all where essentially where the Sozo process came from and essentially really it, it was a teaching on top of a teaching on top of a teaching on top of a teaching for the last two hundred years. Now, full disclosure, uh, Perry sent me an advanced copy of Memos from the Head Office. It was while I was working through the brainstorm on this next book that I'm writing, and I told him. I said, I'm going to read your book, but I'm going to read it after I write my book because I don't want <laughs> I don't want to plagiarize <laughs> ideas to <laughs> yeah. go to get. So I haven't read his book. I will after I get done with ah. with um with my book. But it's similar in the sense that what works is what works is what works. Right. So, yes. for example, um, uh, like if I was going to teach time management, well, you know, like a lot of time management
0: process is really similar right well the you, principles are the same right? are the and same. that's what we're talking about here
1: yeah i mean the principles of almost anything are are the same right so uh so yeah i haven't read his book even though i love perry and we're very good friends that's all awesome i just told him book. i put him on a shelf on i said i'm gonna read
0: it after i write by because you know, the last thing i wanted was sort of like to figure out wait was this my idea or yeah yeah so. exactly all right so bc nation like again uh you know multiple episodes god is bringing to me guests that are speaking directly to him and sharing how they do it with you so that you no longer have an excuse that's right because
1: perry was the one who introduced us i think correct if i'm correct yeah
0: that is correct right so (laughs) so like after hearing this episode and going back and listening to one or two other episodes you no longer ever again can say God doesn't speak to me, (laughs) right? Or he's not speaking to his people. Now, what you could do is admit, I'm not doing what it takes to listen. The same way I didn't do what it took to listen, because I didn't know. It was out of ignorance. Once I was taught how to do it, had I not done it, now I'm just an idiot, okay? Because why wouldn't I want the answers to all the questions of my life? Why wouldn't you want this, right? This is what we're talking about, Ed's, got those answers many of them perry's got those answers many of them i finally got those answers after 30 something years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was taught how to do relationship with god and it was quiet time with him actually listen listening not just treating him like a genie in the sky who i was god and he needed to fulfill my request
1: yeah yeah
0: because yeah, yeah. unfortunately that's how i showed up right And many of us still do. So I just want to remove all those lies around that for whoever needs to hear this right now. There is a process. There is a spiritual discipline that you can learn to hear from your maker, regardless of your theology, regardless of your upbringing, regardless of the label you put on yourself. You were made by someone greater than you. He also made the planet around you and all the beauty within it. Mm-hmm. Now, all the jacked up stuff, we did that. Okay, that's man-made, <laughs> right? But God-made is beauty. And if you look in the mirror, look at what God made, okay? And then go to your maker. If you want to find the, the owner's manual, you know, for driving my BMW, I'm I'm not going to look up a Toyota. How does a Toyota run? I don't know, right? It doesn't make sense. So you go to the manufacturer. The maker of the model called you. All right, that's all I got on that. Ed, what do you want to say to BC Nation right now, to that person listening right now that says, this is a whole bunch of woo-woo stuff I'm hearing right now. I don't think it's going to work. Or, man, one time back, you know, 14 years ago, I tried to sit in silence and I asked God something and he didn't come through for me. What do you want to say to that person?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two questions there, and they're two really good questions. I mean, the first question, I speak to groups all the time. A lot of times, I'll ask God, "What, what should I say to this group of people?" So, I had a, I had a, uh, an event I was doing about two months ago, and as I was preparing, I said, "What, what, God, what do you want me to say?" And He said, "Tell them it's not too late. Tell them um, there's still plenty of time, and um, and you're you're not disqualified." All right, well, that's crazy. Wow. Okay. Fine. I wrote it all down. I showed up. I'm not even kidding you. I showed up at this event. Everyone there was over 70 except for me, and here I am, uh, teaching. And and I said, by the way, it's not too late. You're not disqualified. Uh, you you haven't missed out. You know. And I started saying that. And all of a sudden, uh, this was on Zoom. All of a sudden, the audience just begins to erupt on chat. They're like, "Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've been telling myself." it's too late i missed out I, and i was like how amazingly life giving god is and so so for example take somebody who's 75 who's just learning some of the things that we're talking about right now and thinks oh man if i had only learned this when i was 25 it would have made all the difference and maybe i missed out and maybe i'm disqualified because of some dumb thing that i did back when i was 35 years old or maybe i missed it or maybe i'm maybe it's too late like those stories and those lies that we tell ourselves are insidious and it's crazy because when i say this thing about missing out or being too late or being disqualified. Shoot, man, I have a 27-year-old come up to me and be like, I was saying the same thing to myself. These are the kind of things that come in. And what happens is if you say to yourself, maybe I missed out. I guess I did miss out. I guess it's too late. What ends up happening is much like uh, when you write on uh, on a contract, you sign your name at the bottom. When you say, I guess I did miss out, it's like signing a contract. And what happens is your subconscious and your conscious mind and your super conscious mind, that part of your mind that connects with God, all begin to agree with that statement that you just made, even though it's not true. And then the trajectory of your life begins to take a journey that agrees with that particular statement. But what if you decided to say, you know, all things, all things that are mine by divine right are coming to me in a perfect way under grace. That's a line that I read in a book that was written in the 1920s by someone named Francis Shin. And the phrase goes like this, everything that's mine by divine right is coming to me in a perfect way under grace. What if instead of saying to yourself, I'm too late, I'm disqualified, I've done something wrong, uh, I missed out. What if instead of believing those things, you simply believed "Hey, everything that's mine by divine right is coming to me in a perfect way under grace. Like for example, I have a vision for a ranch, big ranch, 2000 acre kind of ranch. Uh, And last month I was looking at a piece of property in Colorado that got uh, that got put under contract with someone else during the time that I was looking at it. So I was looking at this piece of property, 2,000 acres, a beautiful piece of property. While I was looking at it, uh, the, it was it went under contract with someone else. Now, normally, if you're like in this mode, you're like, oh, my gosh, I missed it. I missed the big, like, no, I didn't miss it because I believe that everything is that is mine by divine right. In other words, everything that God has destined for me is is coming to me in a perfect way under grace so you know what might happen it might be 3 years from now but the market may go down all of a sudden next thing i know i find this piece of property for 2 2 million dollars less than it's currently selling or something like that and i'll be like oh my gosh the story worked out perfectly and so what happens is if you're like i'm too late i'm disqualified if you believe that trash then life situations happen like the one i just described and it sends you into this huge spin where all of a sudden you're frustrated you're discouraged and you're upset and life has steered you wrong but but if you looked at it simply through the eyes of perfect timing and grace, you go, hey, it's fine. You know what? I, I, I literally, I said, the people that bid on that property, bless, I just bless them. I, I pray that God's will comes through in their life too, okay? Uh, and it's amazing what s- a simple way of thinking will do. So the result, if you work backwards, the result, the results in your life, okay, happen because a certain set of actions that you have taken. So everything that's happening in your life is as a result of a set of actions that you've taken. Now, those set of actions happen because of a way of thinking. So everything starts with the way you think. When you think a certain way, you act a certain way, which creates a certain result. This could be physical fitness results. This could be weight results. This could be relationship results. This could be addiction results. This could be um, financial results. So if you look at your bank account and your bank account doesn't have the balance that you desire in it, work backwards to your set of actions, which take you backwards to a set of beliefs. Okay. So for example, um, some people will come to my events, and I'll and they'll say, "What lies am I believing about money?" And when they fill in the blanks on money, they will they will believe the lie, have heard the lie that there, was told from there kids or from their their parents when they were kids that money doesn't grow on trees, okay? So the lie is money doesn't grow on trees. Money is scarce. Money is hard to find. Well, if you believe that money is hard to find, you'll begin acting in a way where money is hard to find because you're only going to act in accordance with your belief system, and then your results will reflect that. So if you want to find out how you think, look at your results, okay? Look at the life that's around you. Look at the quality of your relationships, the quality of your actions, the quality of your eating, the quality of your body, the quality of your finances. Okay, look at the results and work backwards. Now, the only caveat I will add to this is there is a time delta between a thought and a result. So let's say uh, you don't have the results you want financially. Let's just talk about money. But for the last year, you've really been working on your mindset around money and you know that your actions are now starting to move in keeping with your mindset. Well, guess what? The money often, not all, oh, sometimes it does. The money often doesn't like show up right away. Like it doesn't like you fix your mindset and then the lottery comes in. Oftentimes that requires you to like have a business that gets new customers, brings in new leads. Next thing you know, you've got a new coaching program and now you've got some money coming in, but maybe it took eight or 12 months. Okay. The only, the only caveat to that belief action result rule is sometimes when you change the belief, it does take a little time to work that out a little bit so the time you see the results, okay? Let me just tell you, if you're heading in that direction and you're beginning to break down those crappy belief systems that you've been believing, it's going to change for you. It absolutely
0: will as long as you persist in it. So what I'm hearing for BC Nation, for you listening, is that it's inevitable. It's inevitable if you show up with a heart of expectation and what? is ordained for for you, for your life, from God, from your maker. If you believe it's on the way and it's going to show up perfectly through grace, it will because your actions now will shift yeah. when you change that destination, right? By changing those beliefs. So I do want to say for that one listener out there right now that still is holding on to, no, no, no. I have a lifetime of experience that money does not grow on trees joseph (laughs) Ed, i'm telling you i tried this it doesn't grow on trees okay for you listening i want you to go grab a hundred dollar bill go get a benji and i want you to rip it down the middle that tearing sound that's the sound of wood ripping really thin sliced wood where does wood come from? Oh, oh, a tree, a tree, trees. Okay, so money doesn't grow on trees, but money is trees. Okay, you're welcome. There's your new belief system. <laughs> Sorry, just having a that's little good, fun man. there. That's good, man. I've never heard that one before. I just made it up. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I that's never good. heard of it either. All right, so Ed, you should Mike, go find out like exactly what that pulp is made of,
1: because I'm sure it's some sort of combination of multiple different kinds of... like cloth and trees and stuff. And you should find all the little bushes and trees and be like, look, this is
0: money. Here's the trees it grows on. Go find some trees. (laughs) Here's the seeds. I'm going to sell those seeds. I'm going to sell money seeds. I like those money seeds. That's a good idea. I bet you they would sell. (laughs) All right. So BC Nation, we're talking about, and I think we may title the show this, Ed, you're not too late and you're not disqualified. Like for everyone that needs to hear that, because man, that just hits you right in the heart, doesn't it? Yeah. No, here's another one, by the way. You're yeah. not behind.
1: You're not behind. Yeah. Right? So so for years, I've, I had been believing I'm behind. And l- let me just tell you, I'm in the personal development space, right? So I write books, do events. I work with business owners. One of the biggest areas that people in the personal development space will market off of is the sense of you being behind. Or- the sense of you missing out, right? So someone will say, Hey, you got to come to this event to learn investing. And if you don't come to this event, you'll miss out on the biggest opportunity that, I mean, I've written copy like that, (laughs) let me just tell you. And, and, and by the way, there is a sense in which there are some things that you should take action on, you know, because they're timely. Like I'm not, I'm not against the idea of like taking action when it's timely, but the belief system that, gosh, I'm so behind, I'm so behind. And I believed that falsely for years. And, and I it took a conversation with God and him saying, you're right where I need you to be, man. You're right where I need you. Oh, that, that's life-giving right there. So yeah, I'm on Absolutely. board with that too.
0: All right, we're speaking with Ed Rush. He's a jet fighter, pilot, Marine Corps, badass. And we're talking about the rocks in your head, BC Nation, the ones you've been living under and wondering why you can't get ahead. Because you're buried under a pile of rocks, that's your answer. (laughs) If you need help with that and you're a Christian husband, like you're my guy, right? So I help Christian husbands just like you blow up their anger and control issues. Those are massive rocks, okay? Without therapy or marriage counseling, though they're good, it's really just to talk about your rocks, but not actually get up or out from under them, okay? So if you want peace and you want purpose, I'm like James Bond holding a detonator. (laughs) Boom. That's what I do. So go to blowuprocks.com. See if I'm the right coach for you. We'll have a conversation. We'll talk about the rocks you're dealing with, and we'll have fun with it. As you can see, I'm having fun here. All right, so Ed Rush, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. All right. I'm going to ask you ten quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Right. All right. What's your favorite thing about God?
1: Pass. Oh wait, I cannot. I'm not,
0: you said it was like a game show. You Am I allowed to pass? pass? And you cannot call a friend. What's your favorite thing about long God? suffering? Long. Su- okay. What's your least favorite thing about God?
1: I, I don't. I, I don't. Well, I think it would be about my conception of God.
0: Right. Yeah. The, pers- the performance bit,
1: but that's not God. That was my perception of him.
0: I agree. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally?
1: Trying to give birth to a book.
0: Yeah. Got it. <laughs> my I sixth get- book.
1: And for some reason, it's been the most challenging of all of mine, all of my books, but
0: it's it's coming out. I I, I I submit it's probably because it's not your book this time. It's yeah, God's. good. I like that. Thank you. That's very it's helpful. It's God's, yeah. yeah. What are you most afraid of? Oh, gosh. The biggest, biggest one is not accomplishing the mission that God has me on planet Earth. Many men. That's a big one, yeah. yeah. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year?
1: Oh, gosh. This was a great year. <laughs> i, I maybe looking at the news and i don't really look at the news very much but but i think everybody should look at the news at a, at the most once a week and sometimes i broke my own rule
0: what's uh what secret fear do you have about people oh man i think
1: the biggest one that communicators like me deal with is 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 like walking on stage and there and thinking gosh i hope they uh, I hope they like me so people not like i think that's probably <laughs> the biggest one i think I used, i've overcome most of that by the way but but still i think there's always been a little bit of that
0: i used to have that like i hope i don't suck All right? and now uh you know i read a really great book and it was like i hope i suck All right? <laughs> and, and just like living that freedom of just being playful like a child like you said yeah, your daughter yeah. on main street right yeah what do you wish you had learned sooner about god
1: uh i think i think i wish i, I would have learned about understanding god as father as a, as a good father.
0: Man, you and I both, brother. What is a new habit you want to create for yourself?
1: Mm, I, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with my habits right now. <laughs> Contentment. How about that? Contentment. <laughs> <laughs> What's a bad habit you want to break? Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't really have. I mean, I'm good. Contentment. Not being content. There.
0: <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh,
1: son... Of God. Um,
0: oh gosh, I don't know. Mic drop right there. Son of there go. God. Son of God. There's Bam. three words. <laughs> Every, that's yeah, the that foundation. Yeah. Uh, pick three words to describe who you were before. Uh, you learn to sit with God and ask Him questions and listen to His Servant voice. Servant of God. Got it. Okay. And last question if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye. And give them only one piece of advice about everything. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them?
1: Oh, I would have them read my books.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know how to I don't I, I think
1: I would be like, you know, uh don't live up to other people's expectations, live up to your own or something
0: like that. Okay, got it. And that's final- in my book. So like there you go. There you go. Pick up the book. <laughs> Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about uh you know, really seeking God in solitude?
1: Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is like you have a mission and a purpose and a value and like something that you're created to do on planet earth and you haven't done it yet and the key to making that happen is to partner up with god like prayer someone once described to me a prayer they they were like it's just it's just i was laboring the other day in prayer i'm like well that's ridiculous why would you call it that like prayer is partnering with god it should be like this fun journey of partnership and so um uh and so yeah that's that's what i would recommend looking at it like partnership with god and moving on to the mission that you have
0: to accomplish on planet earth i love that you corrected that person could you imagine ed if i turned to my beautiful bride your wife and i said said honey yesterday i was laboring listening to you in conversation you know know. know what she would give me yeah i know a big right hook it's crazy it's crazy." I know all right <laughs> awesome uh ed where does bc nation go to find out more about you pick up your other four or five books what do you got yeah, for them
1: super quick so i'll give you um uh three quick places first of all home plate for me is edrush.com h.com. there's a place you can get on my email list i send out usually a weekly email with some good stuff in it all uh content a lot of fun um that's edrush.com which is the easiest website to remember by the way if you're like on a stairmaster right now you can still remember edrush.com second one is book. that's where you can get my latest book called 21 day miracle amazon's number 1 business book number 22 book over all books on amazon at 1 point uh it's a fun fast read and i think i still have it at 99 cents by the way so uh edrushbook.com which is the second easiest book to remember and then i just wrote this down um, what I'm gonna do if anyone listening to your show, uh, Joseph, I will be doing an event coming up very soon on the topic we were just talking about. Um, and if anyone emails me, you have to email me, and and this is like legit my email, not go doesn't go to my team or anything like that. It's coaching at edrush.com. So C O A C H I N G at edrush. If you email me, tell me you heard me on Broken Catholic. I will give you two tickets to my next event on me. Okay, and usually those events are about 500 bucks. But I'm going to give you those as a comp just because I'd love to just see how I can invest in your future as well.
0: Ed, thank you for your generosity. BC Nation, go get your $1,000 tickets right now. Go to edrush.com. Ed, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Yes, sir, man. Good to be on here. It was an honor. Thank you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked?